anyway, super pumped to have you on, man. Um, you know, I was expressing to you last night and today, I, since the beginning of this podcast, it's been about a year, I'll like note in this bullet points of things I want to talk about. It's really like a, a brain just to input information about the guest for my subconscious. And I'll refer to it here and there, but a lot of the episodes, I'll still write the notes, but then I just don't even open this thing up. I'll just like let it flow, you know? And, but there's a couple, you know, you've, you have such a skill for just being like on the fly, on the go content creation while you're, you've been, journey in different countries for nine months and even before you went abroad you still had this you're a man of many skills um but this was just so cool to watch you abroad while we're still here in austin and show your experiences and you're just very open very vulnerable very um you just put your heart out there and i was scrolling through and I had stated to you that, you know, I, I peered into your soul and it really hit my heart and put me in the feels. And yeah, I went for a walk after like an hour of taking notes and I was like, wow, that this was, I had so many different feelings, you know, and all those feelings were, you know, um, even just like reflecting on myself, but just like how you are having so much fun, but there's also difficulties with traveling alone and then yeah just you, you know each each country you've been in finding different ways of of like how the culture um you know how the culture is and so i yeah i wasn't sure how long you're gonna be in the united states i wanted to get you on and talk to you about it and uh you know, you've been a, a friend of mine that I met pretty much, a f I think it was a couple months after I first touched down here. So I, I got, I moved to Austin in September of 2021. And I think the first Live a Great Story night was like, I think fall of 2021. Or maybe it was like April 22. April 22. Okay. And it was so, um, I was reflecting on this last night for me, like I went to, I think three. And the first one, I mean, all of them, I would drive, I was driving home back, you know, after, you know, after these story nights in which you've got a little stage and people share their stories, but then we do like micro breakout sessions. And I just felt so good. And I was reflecting on, you know, prior to moving here in 2021, everything that was happening with COVID. And I got caught up in a lot of the uncertain uncertainty and like discomfort of what was happening in the world, you know? And I also felt kind of like anxious and anxious to be able to express myself with other people because like, you know, COVID kind of created a lot of divisiveness or strong opinions and whatnot. And so to go to story night and you just kind of put together this container of, of sharing our own stories based on themes that you pick that just brought out loving conversations it was so nor like nourishing for me because i was at at that point yeah i just felt like you know 
was a little isolated or also new to Austin. And so for you to be able to do that, it was, I mean, I remember just fucking, I was actually like yelling in my car after. I was like, let's go. Like I was so happy, you know? And so I just want to say thank you for putting those together because um, I actually had, uh, oh my God, his name is totally slipping. Um, I think his name's Aaron, but he goes by Deep Snap. I'm totally forgetting it, blanking on his name. But he showed up to your first story night and I don't think he was like super, he was kind of just starting his journey with picture, you know, taking pictures and traveling the country. And I mean, he's blown up now, you know, he's, he's, he's really in his element. And I had him on and it was because I met him that night. And, um, so yeah, you're, you're a man of many, many skills and you're able to pull these containers and, and pull together a community. And, you know, this is like through the business that you've created with Liberate Story and then to, yeah, to, to see you go across the world, sometimes with really cool friends that you just met and then also being on your own. And that takes a lot of courage. Um, it takes a lot of self-reflection. Um, and <clears throat> just a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for you. You're, you're um, one of a kind, dude. You're one of a kind. So, yeah, man, I'm glad you're back, but I'm also glad that you're going to be traveling again, and I hope I can come meet you out in Jordan, depending on the state of the world and if it aligns with finances and, and stuff for myself. But, um, dude, yeah, it's it's been an honor to to meet you and to and to like I I feel like and I'm sure you've gotten tons of comments from other people because you you do put a lot of content out there like I grow watching you it helps me kind of reflect on my own insecurities and on the expansion of the world like we're I've always lived in the United States I've traveled once to um, Thailand when I was like 24 but I wasn't by myself. I was with a friend and it was only for like two and a half weeks. And you definitely learn a lot about yourself. And, um, you know, there was one quote from one of your posts. You, it was a recent post and um, you were back in Austin. And you said, it's weird. Everyone speaks English, yet so few people talk to each other. Culture shock is the small things. And I was like, whoa. We're such a, like an individual, like the individuality within the United States, like, you know, it's, that's a big uh, eye opener. Cause sometimes you, I mean, we're, we're all just kind of somewhat narrow. I mean, our egos make us, you know, somewhat narrow minded and we kind of create these walls. And so when you're going to all these different countries and, and speaking with these people and, and whatnot. And everybody is just so community-based and coming back here, I mean, and seeing people are just kind of, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, there's a community workout that's just commencing right now and everybody, we sh share stories, get to meet new people and Austin's definitely a special place. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, that was cool to see. And so 
definitely want to unravel some of your stories. I know you've portrayed a lot of them, but would love to, you know, peer into your, into your experiences. Um, you started in Asia, right? Yeah. Okay. Was it, it wasn't Vietnam. It, Thailand. Thailand. Okay. Years in Bangkok. <laughs> Bangkok. Okay. Amazing uh, fireworks show. What are the temples? Water rune, I think is the temple and over the water and it's just fireworks. Yeah. And that was a cool way to start the year, like in, in the trip, really. Yeah. Um when I was in Thailand, we went to so many temples. After a while, we got sick of <laughs> sick of them because we were just like picking all the temples. And we were like, we could do other things. Cause a lot of it's like very touristy. But um one of the things I realized reflecting on this, because everybody says that, they're like another church, another temple, another museum. It's always, you get tired of them after a while. And you can also get tired of landmarks. So most people, when they think of travel, they think of this, you know, view or this old thing or, you know, whatever, the site. And almost never is it the actual site that's cool. So... You go to the Coliseum, you walk, you know, you get dropped off in a cab, you walk up, you go inside, and then you walk around for a little bit and you leave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, that's cool. It's like this old thing. But after a while, those get kind of boring because it's, you're just, it's so easy to show up and do it and leave mm -hmm. that there's not much emotion around it. And what I found is that, and the best way to, see these places and to do these things and to go to the like, you know, highlight things that maybe look good in photos or, you know, are the, the place to see mm. is you got to bookend that experience with something on the front and something at the end, because it's so much more valuable, so much more of an experience, so much deeper when you have to earn it in a certain way, mm. or you have something mm. that you go through before and then you see it and you're like, all right, that was cool. And then you do something after because yeah. you can kind of make this more of an emotional experience versus just like checking this box. And so in general, it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. We can go see all these beautiful things, but like, how do you make, how do you make it more of an adventure to go there yeah. so that you're not just like, okay, cool. We saw this view, took this photo, check, let's keep moving. Um, and so that's what happens in the temples. Cause you're just like, you drive up, you look at it, you walk around for a bit and leave. And it's like, that's not that cool. But like, let's say it was hard to get there or, you know, you had some detours, you had to catch a weird ride and you had to, you know, like find it cause you were lost. Like those are the things that make stuff better. Um, and so it's something that, you know, I think I've picked up a lot of like rules or, you know, I call them rules, but, um, guidelines or, you know, operational like, plans <laughs> or something, strategies yeah. to like, okay, how can we like maximize this experience yeah. more so than just like seeing this thing? Yeah. So um, like a little, and it, I think it goes with like, you can, uh, I kind of started this list of like, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's like lessons learned from the road that you can apply in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And so I have like a list of like 10 things that are like that, then okay, cool. If I, I know this to be a truth and I've like tested it over and over again, then how can I use these truths in, you know, my life to maximize my experience, mm -hmm. um, whatever it is. And so I think that's one of them. Um, 
And like, I think parallel to that, because we're talking about like views and stuff is, um, I have a rule or like a saying that's like views ain't shit without homies <laughs> because so much of it is like the experience of being with other people. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, like I've been to some amazing places by myself looking at this incredible view and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And then I look around and I'm like, fuck, I'm alone. <laughs> I want to like grab someone and be like, dude, look at this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, but it's just like, and I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for being alone and solitude and stuff and <clears throat> appreciating things for what they are without having other people. I'm also like much more of an extrovert and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I thrive on that. But, you know, so kind of coming back, I realized that my goal is to just like, how can I go back out there with people? Yeah. How can you come to Jordan? You know, how can I encourage other people to do stuff like this that they can, you know, that we can go together and create these shared memories together mm. because then, you know, we've known each other for two years now and then like 10 years from now, I'm like, bro, you remember that one time? Like that's the stuff that is yeah. really important to me um, because it's just like, you know, humanity is about connection and then it really is community and love, like when it all comes down to it. And so doing that with like living life with people, whether it's the squash workouts or you know, mm. anything, you know, sitting in a Temescal or, you know, it's yeah. like, that stuff's great alone, but like, especially for me, people, different people from different places, different backgrounds, different cultures, languages, like that's so powerful because that, you know, you were talking about this bubble that we live in and it's like very insular. So it's like, how do you break out of that? Mm -hmm. And it's not by doing the same stuff with the same people and the same views. It's yeah. like, cool, if everybody does hape and ayahuasca <laughs> and, you know, like eats really healthy and goes to sleep at 10 p.m., wakes up at five to go to the gym. Like, okay, yeah. that's great. Like this really healthy community, but that's not going to push your understanding of the world or your understanding of yourself or, you know, like mm. some of these things where you need that outside influence, that outside perspective, the, you know, external insight or perspective that can help, you know, help us look at things differently. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, um, at one of your liberate story nights, we did a micro session and Alexander Concepcion, I think that's how you say his last name. Very eccentric and unique individual. One of the, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. One of the things that he stated was he was, I think it was him. He was traveling abroad in the most like beautiful setting somewhere, I think in Europe. And he felt sad. I think it was, I think he said because he was alone and he wasn't like, you can be in this most beautiful setting, but it just kind of reinforces what you're saying. Like we are so wired to be social creatures. And if you don't have it, maybe in his moment, I think it's happened for me too, where you're in a beautiful geographic setting and you're not, you're just, you're just by yourself and you can't share it with people. You know, he, he had this beauty on the outside, but, in the inside, he was feeling, yeah, he was feeling a little bit of sadness or whatever it may have been. And, um, yeah, it just goes to show like how community and love and connection is so important. And, uh, there's another thread that I had. Well, let me build off that. So this is, we talk about our community here in Austin in the U.S. in a certain type of way. So we have 
very much cultural community here. Mm-hmm. And going to other places and experiencing their culture and community in a different way was really enlightening because it gave me so much more perspective. Uh, I mean, it really broadened my view of what life is about, I would say. Mm-hmm. And you have in a like most of the rest of the world, they don't leave their community. Yeah. We leave our communities here. We leave our home. We go to college. You go to a different city. You leave college. You probably get a job in another city. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, your siblings go to another city. Your parents maybe move and retire and go to another city. And so we're so massively dispersed here geographically. Mm-hmm. There's a culture element too where we're conditioned to do that. Um, and so you have this significant lack of foundational community mm. that creates, I think, a lot of the problems that we have here. And this has been happening for, let's say, 50 years or more. Um, and so you have people leaving their community and not having something to stand on. Mm. Yes, we have an amazing community here in Austin. You have friends you know, that come to Squatch every day, go to the workouts, you're sitting in ice baths together. Um, and that's really good and really powerful and strong and important because we don't have the other version, right? So we don't have the foundational community of, you know, your cousins live down the street or, you know, you're constantly in your uncle's house hanging Mm -hmm. out with him and his kids because your parents are somewhere else or whatever. And so we don't have that as much here. It does exist in like small towns and stuff, but I think it's also not as prevalent as it used to be, but it just creates this like, it, it cre- it, it's like a missing thing. And I'm super grateful that I don't have that. So I'm from Austin, grew up, all my siblings live here. My parents live here. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle is here. I have friends that I've been friends with since about fourth grade. And so I have that way more than other people, mm-hmm. um, which I'm super grateful for. And undoubtedly this community like that, uh, it's not even community. It's like, it's just like concrete love. Yeah. And I know that no matter where I go in the world, what I do, you know, I can always come home mm-hmm. and home is strong. Home is loving. Home is safe. Home is um, the nest, right? And we can, I can fly away and come back to the nest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know now having seen it and like also seen it through other people's eyes, seeing myself through other people's eyes and stuff. Um, I'm super grateful for that, but it's just not how it works in the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think that's why along with other things that we have so much depression, we have so much anxiety, we have so much fear, we have so much, you know, um, all these mental health problems and stuff is because we don't have that. Yeah. And a lot of other places don't have that. Maybe they're not as developed. Um, so there's definitely some psychological issues that come with like literally having everything you need. And you're like, okay, well, like life is perfect. Let me create some problems, which is also a very big thing here. Like the problems that we have, like are just made up problems. Mm. Um, whether they happen to be made up or like some government entity or health organizations yeah. like, this is a problem and you're like yeah this is a problem that didn't exist before um so yeah i mean i think going out there and and seeing it in real life in other places and coming back here and appreciating for what it is um 
I mean, at the core, this goes back to like using shit without homies. It's like, it really is love, right? Like at the end mm. of it, it's like you get to end your life, you've made all the money, you have all the experiences, whatever, but you don't have people that are going to be there for you. Then like, fuck you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that disbursement has been happening. I mean, since the early 1900s for sure. And that's for, you know, a lot of people would move here from different countries for opportunity for that American dream. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I moved to Austin for opportunity and I did, I did see like something that I did have on the forefront of my mind was like, it does feel like there's a community foundation or some sort of like cultural energy that I resonate with. But yeah, all my family's back in Massachusetts, right? What's cool is like some of them might be moving here, which is, or at least getting a house here, which is just dope. Uh, very grateful for that. I can see them more often, but that, yeah, that's a, that's a hard hitting, um, point that foundational community it may be sparse and a lot of our maybe yeah mental or emotional or certain internal problems come from I have to do this on my own or I have to like you know move here so that I can make enough money to to kind of be someone you know, which is an interesting, I know. complete lie. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's like how it's sold, right? So that's, you know, there's, there's documentaries on this um, about consumerism and when it started and how it was started. And we've been through our economic system. And listen, I mean, I'm a Bitcoiner. I'm, I'm in the Bitcoin space. I, I love capitalism or free, free market um, economics and I'm very grateful for the ability to express creatively freely, right? Um, people that are in other areas of the world may not have that, uh, that freedom, but yeah, they're much more closer with their families. Um, but yeah, I mean, the American dream, I mean, we're seeking things outside of ourselves to, to feel good about ourselves which is a never ending, a never ending hamster wheel. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a hard hitting thing I think for, for people in America to kind of grasp. And I do feel like since I moved here, I'm creating a foundation. Um, but yeah, I mean, the trade off of moving here was like, oh, I'm not going to see my family as much, you know? Um, but yeah, man. Uh, let me let me like <laughs> we'll, we'll build on that, but jump to like a different thing. So you'll dig this because I somehow ended up at a blockchain conference in Kenya on the coast, and I was leaving from Nairobi to Mombasa slash North Mombasa, this beach town called Kalifi. Mm -hmm. And I got on the train. I was going to go with a girl that I had met. And she's a local and we're going to go to spend a couple of days in Khalifi together. And I get to the train station 
you know, Kenya is pretty undeveloped in certain ways and they don't have like as much organization and stuff. Uh, but the most organized thing they have there is the railroad, which was built by the Chinese. <laughs> okay. So the Chinese investments and stuff are like yeah. proliferating all around the world. And so the China railroad is a thing in Laos, for example, and um, Kenya. And I think also the Tanzania one is Chinese. So um, it leaves right on time. Like you can't miss the train. Mm -hmm. If you are late, it leaves without you. They don't wait for anybody. It leaves at eight o'clock. And this girl freaking missed the train. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't have data. So I'm like at the train station, like bumming data from people, like trying to message her like, hey, where are you? You know, it's we had left at like 6.30 in the morning. I had left at 6.30 in the morning and, you know, and I just like don't hear from her. And yeah. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And then I'm like on the train. I'm like, where are you? Like, yeah. and so I'm on the train and I'm trying to get data from somebody like, yo, can you hotspot me? None of the Kenyans are going to hotspot me because they're like super stingy with their data. And I had, when I had boarded the train, I had seen this dude and he was not black, um, which there was not that many people on the train that were not black. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, dude, they're like, I'm going to go ask this guy. So I was like, what's up, bro? Can I bump some Wi-Fi from you? And uh, he was super cool. He's like Indian, Australian. And we ended up hanging out. He hot sauce me. Homegirl's like, yeah, I miss a train. I'm like, all right, well, I'll see you never. <laughs> um, and, and so we're you know, chopping it up. And he's like, yeah, you're here for the blockchain conference? Like, it's called ETH Safari. And I'm like, no. He's like, really? Like, that's why all the people that aren't black on this train are <laughs> going to like this safari. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And so we ended up hanging out for a while. And... Um, it was, uh, it was really cool because like through him, he's like super into the blockchain space and all these other people were. So I kind of didn't hang out with him the whole time, but I ended up going to one of their, their like closing party. And it's at this amazing venue. It's called Beneath the Baobabs. Baobabs are these amazing like African trees. Um, they call them like the upside down trees and they're huge, beautiful. And so this venue is like a music festival space, but then they had, and so we basically went to like a EDM show and, and so it's like all like people I travel from like around Africa to come mm. to this blockchain conference. Yeah. And, and so through that, I was able to interact with a good amount of blockchain people. Right. So we're talking about community. We're talking about opportunity. We're talking about, um, you know, let's say free market. And I have my perspective of that from being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. being from America, but I was talking to like Africans who don't have any of this. Right. And, you know, they're, for them, the uh, application or the adoption is so strong because it's like a need. It's not a yeah. want. Yeah, they yeah. don't have Apple Pay. They don't have direct deposit. They don't mm -hmm. have a credit card. They don't have any of these financial infrastructures that make our country work. And so they're like, yo, we can build using decentralized blockchains to solve these problems mm -hmm. and like we need to build decentralized solutions to these problems mm -hmm. through technology and so you know mixing that understanding of a sort of capitalism i would say um and entrepreneurship and creativity and stuff but also having this foundation of like yeah like we don't have anything you know like yeah like it does like our infrastructure is non-existent and so i had a very specific conversation with this one girl really smart super smart there um she had been introduced to me as like basically the a 
number one player, like A plus number one player in this DAO that they had that was, you know, all the hackers and, sh mm -hmm. and they had, they were like just real brilliant yeah. blockchainers. And, you know, we're like, cho cho like chopping it up and, she, you know, we're talking about America and stuff. And she's like, yo, I just don't understand why y'all have these problems. Like, why do you have multiple bathrooms? You know, like <laughs> what's up with LGBTQ? You know, like why, what is like all this PC stuff? Like, you know, and she was, you know, really smart, like, yeah, very intelligent. Um, and she basically had this like quote of me. She's just like, like we don't have any of these problems because we're just trying to eat, you know, right, right. and we're just trying to live. Right. And so it was this really unique, like, like into. I'm like, it was like, whoa, like this is so different than my worldview and how I see stuff mm -hmm. and how and the life here in Austin. Um, and then to get like real direct, you know, insight from her and perspective on a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with that they just like, they're like, yeah, they don't even, they can't even comprehend it. It's not like she literally has watched, she just kept being like, yeah, I watched this documentary. I watched this documentary. I watched this documentary. Like, so she was really like yeah, educated, yeah. but there's a difference between like experience and like knowledge. And yeah. so she just could not from an experiential standpoint understand these things that are so like almost commonplace trauma you know um personal development like mm. self-actualization like all these things are like like they, they just don't even exist there and they're happier than most of us who yeah. are going through that stuff and who have like immense you know basically infinite opportunity to solve these problems uh, and so, you know, chop, chopping it up with her and some of these guys and stuff was like a really cool mm. experience. And especially, I think you would have enjoyed it just because of your, you know, deep interest in Bitcoin and, yeah. and all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ethereum and Bitcoin are definitely what, like very different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's so interesting to hear, to just hear that because they're just trying to um bring into their life the basic necessities we have plenty of that we have an abundance of that we have <clears throat> i feel like just yeah just an abundance of technologies or food or whatever it may be and we've kind of strayed away from kind of the what's the word i'm looking for like just what we need like the, the the basic hierarchy of needs and we've just kind of immersed ourselves into these other other things that um kind of get us away from ourselves and maybe create a lot of illusions like when she said i don't understand pc culture i don't understand lgbtq and all this other stuff um or yeah other other problems you know personal development and all that it's like i think we just we immerse ourselves into so many things outside of ourselves that we tend to lose and stray away from our true nature and coming back to just minimalism or just the basic necessities. And obviously you want to maybe improve your life. Right. Um, but I think it's almost too extra here in America. Improving your life doesn't make your life better. There's a, there's a certain, you level yeah you don't need more to you don't need more you have a dishwasher it makes your life a little easier but it doesn't make your life better like having to wash your dishes 
Sometimes, it's, sometimes it's almost nicer to wash your dishes. Yeah. Because you're like, you're able to meditate in a way. It's almost like a form of meditation. Yeah. You're you like, know? okay, there's this sink full of dishes and I have to clean it, you know? Yeah. And like, I have to set aside some time to do this and yeah. it's going to take slightly longer than if I had a dishwasher and I threw it in, you know? So yes, it makes a dishwasher makes your life easier and it can make your life like a lot of things can make your life easier, but like there's no, inf there's no level that your life like is easy, you know, like I was with some friends the other day and we were talking about hyper wealthy, like ultra rich people. I think this girl, I, I don't remember the exact situation, but you know, um, I was with people who were either like directly related to or had experience or work with like, let's say billionaires. Right. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, yeah, you know, like at a certain point, it just like, it just makes sense to have everything in your life taken care of for you at, at a certain amount of wealth. And I was just like, dude, that's so fucked. Like, yes, of course. But like, it, it was just such a dirty statement to me and a, not, not nothing against him. Um, but I was just like, dude, if I had all the money in the world, I would like, it doesn't make sense for me to do all this stuff. Like, yeah, it would be cool to have like a driver that just drives me everywhere 24 seven and I can just sit in the back and like do other stuff. But it's yeah. like, that's not going to like necessarily make my life too much better. Maybe it frees me up to make more money, but like, so what, you know, like maybe it gives me a little bit more time to like do stuff, but most people waste time. I would waste my time if I had a driver, like I'm already on my phone driving all the time anyway. <laughs> so it's like, like, what, what am I going to do with like an extra 20 minutes? Right. Um, except spend time with people. Mm -hmm. But I think that we, you know, we have all these things that get added onto our lives that we need. And, and I see this talking to people a lot recently. They're like, yeah, man, if I can only get to this one point, then, you know, if I can get here, then I can do this. Mm. And there's this like carrot that has been, that we just have been cultured to, uh, like it's just part of our reality. Yeah. Like if we can just get to this point, then life will be better. But like that carrot never arrives, right? Like you don't, life isn't ever easy. Like it's easier, but there's always more. It's like a yeah. half-life thing. Yeah. And so, you know, this is something I've been struggling with from like a money standpoint and like a, like a personal ambition standpoint where it's like, why do I need to like make more money if it's not really going to solve any of my problems? Mm. Like maybe I have future problems that it will solve. And that really only pertains to like health, I would say, and family. Um, but like, I don't necessarily like need money and I really don't want money. I, it's something that I'm trying like, re like I had developed a really good money perspective and then now I like kind of changed it and now I'm trying to like get it back a little bit because <laughs> I'm like I I can make a lot of money um and it'd probably be a good thing for a lot of reasons but also is it that much better and like do I need it and then I'm like I don't really need it man I could do without and then I see like the amount of money that some of my friends make and stuff and I'm like like where does this stop for you you know like you make X amount, let's say a hundred, 200, 300,000 a year. And you're like, you're like, oh, if I can only go a little bit further. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like you do a couple hundred grand for a couple of years. Like you should stop working for the rest of your life. Like you don't need millions of dollars to yeah. like never work again, you know? Um, so these are kind of some of the conflicts I have coming back from traveling and, you know, integrating other people's perspective of, the carrot and what, why they work and how they work and what their values are and what's important to them. 
with our values here and kind of finding a middle ground because theirs isn't better. And I think if I spent more time in some of these places and like there would be more cracks in the foundation that I would see or, you know, issues that they have that we don't have here. And those are probably like apples to apples, you know, like yeah. pretty similar issues. Um, so, but you know, the gratitude of like, okay, like I actually have an opportunity to like solve some of these things and not have to deal with some of these other things. If I, so, um, but that's been this conflict of money and ambition and, you know, chasing the carrot, but like not for the wrong reasons, just for the reason of growth and journey and process and yeah. the road and the story and everything. <clears throat> so I don't know, kind of rambling a bunch about a lot of different stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I, I liked uh, in the beginning of what you're just saying, you know, someone that wants more things so that they can just kind of automate their life and then they can solve all their problems or at least get to a point where they can kind of just yeah, I forgot exactly the term, like the phrase that you use, but it's like they they're seeking more money, or and that money will help them with having a driver that drives them around, or or pays for that house, and all these different things. And they, you know, might have the perspective that once they do all this, life will will solve a lot of my problems. It's like no, like you're always going to have challenges. We're like in a we're on a rock in the biggest universe, you know, and we're constantly evolving, constantly. Entropy is making us, you know, all of us kind of breaking down in a, in a way. And so you have to constantly, you know, have a self-awareness towards that evolution. You're going to, you're going to get into issues. So like, let's say you're someone that is in that position where they have their own driver and their own house. They have tons of money. It's like, well, you're going to get old and maybe your knee is fucking you up. And instead of like rehabilitating it and finding ways to, to just do the work yourself to stretch and whatever, maybe you're just paying people, paying people to like do certain therapy. Like there's just people that I've met that um, they're relying on others for their service, which is great in certain aspects to have special, you know, specialists, but, like they don't maybe do like preventative stuff for that knee, right? Like they can seek and gain knowledge to solve their own maybe issues that they face, but you're always going to face challenges. It's never ending in my, in my view, because you're evolving, you're getting older and you, you know, there's certain things that happen in your life and experiences that you go through that you just, you're kind of moving through the flow of the present moment and, and understanding yourself more. And so trying to seek something outside of yourself to solve everything, that's never going to happen. And having more money, I mean, famous quote, Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems, you know? So I think, and I, you know, um, there's other wealthy people out there that they'll automate their life. And even with their own children, like they'll have nannies that pretty much take up like 50 to 60 to 70% of taking care of their, their children. It's like, and when you do that with, all other aspects of your life, like you don't really have a sense of maybe um, appreciation in a way for those processes. Like the, the, the work is like the, the, the process is the best part. Um, and yeah, I think to, to, to something that, that has come to my mind, like, you know, having more money, 
could create more, it, it most likely will create more problems. But if, if you set these like pure intentions and desires, like for you, exp like expanding these stories and meeting new, like new people in these different cultures, like having enough money just to be able to keep doing that is a great thing. But if you're like, I need more money to have a house and I want the house. So I can, you know, like, you know, I think that, and I also think we're biologically wired to create, you know, um, so there's a, there's a need to be creative and it's having that. I always like, um, kind of go back to life just being a constant dance of balance and an elegant dance and an art of, of just, you know, being self-aware and not, yeah, not in this particular case, not seeking something outside of yourself um, in order to feel a sense of self-love and a self and self-respect, you know? Um, so that's a trap. You know, it's a big trap. And it's really cool to, to hear these different perspectives from people, from your experiences and your perspective of money too. Like one thing that comes to my mind, like, I don't need to be ultra wealthy. I don't even know if I, you know, part of me has, has had desires to make this podcast huge so that I can speak to these guests. In my view is like, that's a, I think, a, I believe a pure intention to be able to have these conversations with really cool people. And like once my podcast, because my podcast is super small, these like really smart people, creative people are going to want to expand their ideas on a platform that's bigger, right? Maybe have more impact. Um, and then also to be able to have that freedom to maybe travel more. Like that's the one thing that I find like a trap. Like I don't need to make $500,000 a year, but I do work for a company that I have to work a nine to five. It's like service, right? And there's definitely plenty of opportunities out there to be able to plug into a job where you're making a steady income and then you can just do whatever time. So that's the only like, that's the only thing the, the, oh, you know, I need this to be able to do that. So for me, like I need this to be able to go do what Zach's doing. I need this type of job at least. Right. Um, that's the only thing that I find myself in. And that's just like, you can do that. You could adapt, create your own business. Or I don't know if you were a coder coding for a company and they were like, you can, as long as you get these tasks and these projects done, it doesn't matter what time you do it. Like you could be like, I, I actually know someone from my company. He actually works a nine to five. Like he's a client facing team or he's on a client facing team. He's in Greece for like a half year and he has to work. I forgot the time difference, but he has to start working at like 1 PM and then work to like 9 PM, but he's totally fine doing that. So it's like, it is still possible. Um, there's a difference between working from somewhere else and not working and being somewhere else. And it's like what you're saying is kind of to do some of these things. You need a job that's going to provide you this opportunity or this freedom or this space or. And not to be like, it doesn't have to be a luxurious trip and like all these travels, right? It could be these bare necessities, you know, spending as minimal as possible, but you still kind of need that steady stream of income unless you have a decent amount of savings. Well, what if you don't need that, you know? And I think that's what 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's the element of, yes, like at some point you need money, right? And there's income, out, out spending, whatever. Um, and so most likely and age and longevity and, you know, safety and stuff for the long run. So you want to have some sort of um, money, but there's definitely a difference in traveling and working and traveling and not working. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so most people, I think, think they want to have kind of a nomadic nine to five opportunity to work somewhere else. And of course, that's awesome. And if you can live in Greece and like work, you know, then yeah. that's awesome because yeah. you're going to make USD and spend it, you know, in euros or whatever in Greece. So that's a cool thing. Um, but I would say that like, you know, a lot of that's like you're coming into that with like a hypothesis or a thesis about something that is probably true as you look at it now. But what travel does and like true travel, not vacationing or like even yeah. nomad trap, like living in another place. When you travel and you immerse and you meet and you experience and you adventure, then it changes how you think about stuff. And I think like, for example, this guy that I was talking about, um, who I met on the train, he's been living as a nomad for like two years, kind of traveling, going to blockchain conferences and, um, you know, going to a place for a month or whatever. And so then he kind of, he didn't step into my world, but he, he was able to get out of his world into mm -hmm. a kind of a middle ground. And it was like a significant experience for him. He's like, dude, this is amazing. Like, I want more of this. I'm like, bro, you've been doing this for two years. Like <laughs> yeah. you should have been doing this all along. Right. Yeah. But you took your Sydney lifestyle of how you live in Sydney mm -hmm. and you just transplanted it to like yeah. all these other places. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's not, that's, it's better. It's different than living in Sydney, mm -hmm. but, it, but you're still having mindsets, paradigms, you know, habits, all these things that are from that life. Mm. And so when you copy paste your nine to five into a new location, then it's restrictive in your outlook and perspective and opportunities because you're, you have strings attached. And so all this is to say like a huge recommendation that I have for all Americans that want to make their life better is take extended periods off where you're not working. Mm -hmm. If you quit a job, please, for fuck's sake, do not go into another job two weeks after that. Like literally, this is the stupidest thing you can do. And but, so many people do this. Yeah. And it's and so many people in other countries do not do this. They yeah. quit a job and they go travel for a couple months and then they go back. And it's very rare in the U.S. to do that because, and it's so, it's, it's such a wasted opportunity. And same thing with your house. If you rent a condo or an apartment or whatever, and then you break and you're like, oh God, I can't leave because I, I can't travel for a long term because I have my lease. Like break in your lease and go leave for two yeah. or three months and come back and get another one. And it's like, it will change your life. Yeah. And, but it's just, no one's telling people that, you know, it's like your parents are like, no, like don't travel, you know, like your, 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 your other job is like, cool. Like you get two weeks off between, you know, we got to onboard you immediately. And it's like, just the opportunity to not transplant and copy and paste your life from one place to another and take freedom and you have all these strings attached, car payment, 
uh, apartment payment, you know, whatever, all these things. You just snip all these lines that are holding you down mm. and you're just like, let me just go be free, like a real free. Yeah. Like when is the last time that you were fully free to make, go left, right, up, down, sleep in, stay out late, go to the city, meet these people, say yes to this adventure, say no to this adventure. Oh, there's a cool new city over here that I never heard about. Go there. Like that's this type of freedom that most people don't ever actually experience is life changing mm -hmm. and it's so much easier than people think it is. Yeah. But we just, no, no one, no one, we don't know people that do that. Part one, everybody goes from job to job to job to job. Yeah. School, maybe they take one month off and go to Europe and then they go, you know, back into a job and then the corporate and then they uh, get, they leave and they just climb the corporate ladder. But man, the freedom that you can experience, the, the, the freedom that comes with free experience will, allow you to step back from your life and because we're so schedules and routine mm -hmm. and habits and all this stuff. It's like, man, just get some separation and just go do something for a long time without knowing where it's going to take you really, man, it's like the biggest life hack and it's so much easier than people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing that came to mind was like, we live in financial times where, you know, um, cause I'm, because I'm in the Bitcoin space, I, I see this and I, I see how like inflation goes up. And so people's savings are drained faster. And then maybe that's why they're like, oh, I got to keep working. Like I, I need to pay. Even, even if they cut the ties to their car payment or their house or whatever, or they find an opportunity to like do an Airbnb for their house, like they might get a little bit of anxiety with like, oh, my bank account is draining. And the rate at which inflation's increasing is people don't think about that. <laughs> I mean, some maybe some people, some people some people do, but like if you're like, you know, twenty five to thirty five, you're not really considering the fact that if you take like six months off, that inflation's gonna like wreck you. You know, yeah. like you shouldn't you shouldn't be because it's not gonna change that much in six months. You know, yeah. Um. So yes, maybe you think like that, which being in the finance space and like very aware of it, but you know, I don't think I think most people have other kind of BS yeah. excuses. Yeah, maybe insecurities to just get out of that, those those habits and those routines. Just people don't do it, dude. Yeah. How many people do you know that did what I did? Mm, not many. Not many. I didn't know anybody that went to Kenya. I've never met, like I know maybe one person that's been to Kenya. Mm. In Tanzania, you know? And I went there and I was like, I don't know anything about this place. <laughs> But it's crazy that I know like a lot of travelers and a lot of people from a lot of places. And of course, you know, people go to other places, but like it's possible, but we just don't have those people that are showing us that it's possible in yeah. our communities. And that's possible in a lot of ways. Like I saw so much. One of the things that was cool through my trip is that I met people who showed me it's possible to do things that I didn't think was possible. Raising a family on the road, you know, not working, um, living in Nairobi or, you know, wherever, mm -hmm. Jordan, Indonesia, like anything. And you meet someone and you're like, dude, I don't I never met anybody like you. Yeah. Like that's so freaking cool that you built a boat 10 years ago out of wood <laughs> and you've lived on this boat for 10 years and you host events and you, you know, basically committed your life to this boat and it's an amazing community and stuff and like wow like that's so dope dude mm -hmm. you did that and like i didn't think that was possible but mm. it's possible and we just once again it's like this insular thing obviously the internet and like 
social media and stuff on like blogs and everybody can create something that it's out there. It's just exposure to it. And then like how many layers of separation? Cause like maybe some people see me and they're like not friends with me or whatever. And they're like, wow, Zach did this crazy thing. Um, I've never met him before, you know, must've been blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, when you're close to me, it's like, oh, it's like my homie did this, you know, mm -hmm. like I can do, if he did it, I'm not special. You yeah. know, it's like other people can do this too. I think you're special. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. So let, let's get a little bit into the stories. So yeah. I, I know you uh, created a longer video of um, meeting a, some girl that like pointed out your live a great story. Was it on Ho Chi? Hajong. 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 You want to spit that story real quick? Yes, I do. Um, this is one also, of the sorry to interrupt. If you want to give context to your, for anybody that's listening to like what live, live a great story is, cause we haven't gotten into that. <laughs> live a great story started from really a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here. And the idea that, um, sharing stories with people from around the world from mm -hmm. different walks of life and getting outside of your bubble uh, makes the world a better place. And that started for me about a decade ago. I bought a one-way ticket and ended up traveling for seven months, hostels, couch surfing, hitchhiking, getting lost, you know, wandering back streets, saying hi to strangers and just listening to people's stories. And that was really exciting to me and really fuels me um, to hear other people's life. And so somehow out of that seven months of travel, I came up with this phrase, live a great story. I was like journaling and writing and photoing and videoing and doing lots of creative stuff, constantly like drawing in my notebook and things. And so I drew this phrase, live a great story, came back from the trip, spray painted live a great story on a wall here in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. People started sharing photos of it on social media. This phrase, live a great story, started spreading and spreading. I made some stickers, I made some shirts, and it just kind of kept spreading and spreading and spreading. And so now, nine years later, it's like a brand, it's a movement, it's a community, it's products, it's experiences. I've seen people tattoo themselves. With Dozens of people have tattoos. <laughs> um, lots of people have tattoos. Lots of people have taken it to really cool places. Uh, basically daily people send me stories about their life and their story and things they're going through, things they've overcome, things they're aspiring towards. Um, and it's just, is this really wild phrase that was, I really feel just kind of gifted to me from somewhere else <laughs> to kind of be the shepherd of and to, you know, maybe lead a movement from the center of the movement because I'm just as much a part of it as everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens to be mine, but it's also all of ours. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, as soon as anybody puts on a live a great story, they're going to have the same experience as me because mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh, I'm the founder of this brand. I'm like, no, this is like a cool thing. I'm like, what does it mean to you? You know, and like, that's yeah. what anybody can do when they wear it. And then, you know, when you wear the shirt, people point to it, especially when it's a big shirt like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, people point to it and, they're like, Hey, I like that. What, what is your story? Here's my story. Yeah, you know, yeah. what's things like that. And so it like creates this opportunity for connection and storytelling between strangers, which is kind of the theme of story time where you meet someone, Hey, nice to meet you. Tell me a story about your life. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you kind of supersede all this bullshit about Small where talk. you're from, yeah. you're, you know, all this, where'd you go to school, what's your job, all these kind of 
meaningless things and you jump into someone's like core being and like an experience from their life. And then most of the time we're like, wow, like that was your experience. That's also my experience, but yeah. in like a totally different way. And that's why story time works. And that's why live a great story works. And so, yeah, really for the last like nine years, I have a podcast. I've hosted dozens of events. I had a conference, taken people on trips, sold tons of merch. There's like 2 million, 3 million stickers out there. They've gone to all corners of the globe basically at this point. And it's still a little baby biz. So <laughs> growing growing up, um, basically want to do it forever and just keep inspiring people in their own journey. Because when someone steps into their story and they're saying, hey, this is my story, I'm going to make it great. I'm going to define what living means to me. I'm going to define what great means. I'm going to leave a story, verb, noun, adjective, or adjective noun, mm-hmm. um, then it creates, um, it helps people see things in a more personal way. And then when they step into their story and they own it, that inspires their people mm-hmm. to do the same. And that's what like really live a great story is all about. And for me, uh, it, it definitely allows me the opportunity to step out of like we were just talking about maybe kind of not getting stuck or but just being in the routine you're, you're just constantly in this kind of you know same routine um habits and all this stuff and then you see live a great story you're like am i living a great story kind of question what you're doing and you question maybe there's you know maybe i can you know challenge myself more or whatever you know you kind of get out of that framework that mental framework which is really interesting it, it did that for me um so anyways to go back to the to that you know specific. what's weird before we just jump into this? I had this thought <laughs> yesterday and I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I share so much on social media and I'm like, I like have to share. Like I, even here, you know, being back home, like I share every day on basically Instagram stories and, you know, mm-hmm. posts and stuff. I'm like, dude, my life is a story. Mm-hmm. Like every day I just see things as a story and it's like, I just constantly find myself slash put myself in moments and experiences that I'm like, dude, this is an awesome story. This is a main character story. Like this is the plot. And like, if it's good or if it's bad, if it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's like, I just see it and I'm like, dude, I, that's how I want to live. Like I want to live as if I'm writing my life and I, I can do that. And I think everybody can do that. And so I live like that and then I share it. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and it's like, I, and, and I think, you know, of course, social media is weird. Like, am I sharing it altruistically or do I, is there a motive here? Does it make me feel good when I get all these likes and comments and stuff? Like, I don't know. I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I just have to share this stuff and do it as genuinely as possible so that maybe it inspires other people to do the same. And mm. so um, that's why I put myself in all these situations and do and like really like live day to day is like, this is like yesterday I walked to the grocery store, corner store in the rain. I was like, I want a yerba mate cause I'm going to go dancing tonight mm-hmm. and I want some caffeine and I'm going to leave my phone at home and it's pouring rain outside and I'm going to walk to the grocery corner store and get some drinks mm-hmm. and some ice cream. And I did. And I was like, freaking cool, man. Like I'm just walking in the rain. This car drove by me and there was a puddle and I just got splashed. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, that would happen. Like, yeah. give it to me. Um, <laughs> so, um, and so anyway, I, like, it's like a weird frame that I see the world through. I'm just like, 
everything is a story. And like, I get to manipulate the story too. Like I, um, manipulating memories is a thing for me. And so it's like, because nothing like necessarily exists as it is, it's all a perspective, then you can control that perspective. And so I very much actively am controlling that perspective on a daily basis mm. where like this, I could have been like, fuck, I got splashed by this dick driver. Like, why did he do? I'm like, no, like that's one route I could have taken, but I catch myself and I'm like, and so I'm like constantly diverting my memories and like actively writing these memories so that I can like craft that narrative of what life looks like. Cause mm. you can say it's negative things bad happen to me, you know, like of course, but it's like, that's not actually what happened. It's like how we perceive it. So it's like, yeah. if we can just better perceive stuff then and build a habit around that. Then makes for a better experience. I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I, the first thing that comes up and I've said this to myself cause I've changed my story for certain, certain aspects of my life that are, difficult and that have caused like reoccurring stress or shame or you know negative emotions and changing that story and it, this is all this this kind of goes towards the universe is working for you instead of to you um i always just in the back of my mind i'm like make sure you're not manipulating it to a point where it's like you're lying to yourself you know what i'm saying like you're changing memories Totally, but like that's just, I think, pretty obvious. You can feel that viscerally if you're really manipulating something to an extent that's like, yeah, it definitely happened happened in a different way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think things are as they are. We have a certain perspective. Our ego formulates, like we go through that experience and we formulate a certain perspective and you can go back and say like, you know, if you were abused when you were, were at a certain stage in life and for the rest of your life, you're like, I'm always anxious around people because of this abuse and I'll never get out of that. I'm always going to be fearful with social stuff or whatever. But then you can get to a point where you're saying that made me stronger, gave me more resilience. And now I can understand myself in many different ways because of that moment. And appreciate even more compassionate people. You know what I'm saying? And so that shift of perspective is, I mean, it's a superpower, man. It's, 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 yeah. Magical. And then it's when you can do it in real time. That's the real superpower. So yeah. there's like, obviously there's stuff that, you know, it takes a, it's a practice. And so it's, um, it's how to do, how to like acknowledge that, that, that it's happening and like write in real time because yeah, I mean, of course there's are real things that happen and we're not rewriting the memory, the, like the facts of it. Right. It's right, the, it's right. the emotion yeah. attached to it. And so I think that's what's, um, one of the other rules I was saying, these like 10 rules or whatever that you, I learned traveling. And one of them is like, catch yourself before you start spiraling. And so like, like whether that's like a, an emotional thought or even a physical thing where you're like, how do you, like, how do you, how do I, how do I, like if I'm getting off track, how do I course correct faster? Because the longer that I stay off track, the more that I'm going to get off track. Mm. And so whether it's being alone, being scared, you know, sometimes I had to like, all right, like, 
kind of intense right now. Like, yeah. you know, I got to like do something to get this under control because if I don't, then it's going to get way out of control, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether that's internally or externally. Um, and so catching yourself. And for me, that's like really this, you know, manipulating memories idea. It's an alliteration. So I like the MM. So maybe not manipulating. Uh, like yeah. Kinda, even like changing that word, you could say, you know, illuminating. Yeah. Illuminating or enlightening that perspective. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, manipulating might sound more. Yeah. I like uh, maybe molding. Molding. Molding yeah. is more of a creation versus manipulating has kind of like a negative connotation. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Molding memories is definitely a little bit better, but I think, yeah, I mean, and so this also, we'll get to some stories and stuff, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um, this, what was really cool about travel, and this is why I think that it's important to travel in general for everybody and to like really travel and really get outside of your comfort zone and really be free. And, um, it's a, it's a practice. And so what happened on this trip is that literally like I was in class every day, like every day I wasn't, I mm. was like taking notes, writing, learning, testing, scientific theory, like every single day was very much active lessons. And so I was able to really practice a lot of these things. It's such rapid iteration that I could develop new skills and practices and mindsets and perspectives and abilities and everything so quickly because like multiple times a day, I was in situations to actively practice, review the practice, and then adopt new ways of tackling that the next time, mm. which was literally an hour later or 24 hours later or a week later. Mm -hmm. And so there was times where I went from like city to city to city, um, where I like learned a lesson in the city, applied it in the next city, learned another lesson, applied it in the next city. And then by the fourth city, I was like crushing on something that I was like really struggling with before. Mm. And, and that happened like literally every single day. Like, like I said, I was in class, like learning so much. So like, this practice of like catching yourself for your off track or sm smiling and saying hi to strangers or bookending adventures, like all these things that we talked about. I was like, okay, cool. This is truth. I believe this. I practice it. Or I, I learned it. Let me practice this as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so for like nine months straight, it's just like, think about, you know, it's like the, the practicing the one kick 10,000 times. I was just like practicing my kicks literally nonstop all day, every mm -hmm. day. Um, and so now being back in Austin, which is really wild when I'm talking to people and there's been lots of moments where I'm like in a conversation with someone, I'm acting in a way that I'm like, I can see the lesson just like being delivered through mm. me. Like, like, like I've been here so many times and like, it's like a perfect delivery of like mm. perfect showing up. It's a perfect practice. It's, it's the result. It's the, you know, finality of something that I like worked really hard to do. And then maybe it's like the combination of a lot of those together. So that like, I just, when I'm like showing up here in Austin and like hugging someone, meeting someone, asking someone questions, I'm just like, wow, like I can feel so different because I've like literally have worked on this, you know, for nine months straight. And that's just like, you feel so different through like the way that you communicate with people. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a confidence thing. It's a trust in myself. It's a experience. It's a practice. Mm. I'm like, yeah, like, 
you know, um, for example, like I went dancing last night and I posted this thing this morning of me dancing. And I was like, a couple of years ago, I couldn't dance. Mm -hmm. I didn't like dancing. I was self-conscious. I mm. didn't, you know, and like over the last three years and really probably, probably the last 18 months, I would say I've went from like being, let's say like a shy, self-conscious, you know, unconfident dancer to like, dude, <laughs> I'm front row. You can't, you can't, you stop can't me, hang bro. with me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and especially this is like in one environment. So this is like, let's say like electronic music. Like yeah. I was like front row in Albania with all my like traveler friends dancing at the festival, Budapest, same thing, you know, come back last night, dancing front row at the, you know, venue. Mm -hmm. um, but then two nights ago I was at salsa and I don't have the skill set to dance. And so I'm like, I want to, I know I can, but I don't have the abilities, but mm -hmm. I like, that's why I was at salsa. Cause I was like, I want to learn how to do salsa. Yeah. And so like six months from now, after doing salsa every day, every week for six months straight, I'm going to be a badass salsa dancer. And I'll have that same feeling, you know, there. Um, so there's like a little bit of skill set involved, but, um, it's really, like I said, the practice of applying these things so quickly. And it's just really not, possible to the in my opinion and my experience like the extent that i learned all of this stuff it's not possible to do that in your own town mm. in your own city with your own schedule mm. like so you have to leave and you have to leave for a while and you have to leave with freedom to be able to do that and just imagine what you know all like maybe some of your struggles some of your weaknesses some of the things you're working on imagine just like like i said going to class for that for like even just like two or three months. And mm -hmm. like, you just go to class, with like if you practice the language every day for three months, how good would you be? Imagine all the shit that you're dealing with in your life and you just went out into the world and practiced it every day for mm -hmm. three months and you came back, like how much better would you be at your work with your family, with your like significant other, with your health, with all these things? Like, dude, like it's like a, it's like a, it's like a level up boost. It's yeah. like, and then you come back and you know, you're, it's you're like a superpower. Yeah, it's embodied within you. That's cool, man. So let's get into this, that, that's micro story. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really cool one. Um, this is one of the more fortuitous, small world serendipity stories. I was in Hajong Loop, which is a motorcycle scooter trip through the mountains of North Vietnam. Absolutely incredible. One of the best experiences ever. Highly recommend it to anybody. You basically are riding through these insane mountains in, um, the border of China and Vietnam and it's really social and people are riding together and you're in groups. I did it alone, which most people don't do and they don't really allow it. Somehow I was able to like make it happen, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so I was cruising alone. And on the third day, it was, this is also the time that I was like breaking up with my girlfriend. So it was like really tense. We were traveling together she went one way, I went the other way to Hajong. So we had like physical distance for the first time in like about two months or more because mm -hmm. awesome. we were together all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the mountains and it was on the third day. I woke up super early. I went on a ride by myself. I came back, was hanging with my friends, left, rode by myself. It's like rainy and cloudy and kind of mm -hmm. gross. And I had like a full poncho, like pants, jacket, poncho on because, you know, you're like getting mud splashed everywhere. And it was just awesome. Like riding in the rain, I got to stop and like look at views and almost crash because it was like this crazy 
boulders, like they're building the road. So like, you know, you're like riding and everybody else crashed. And I like, you know, when you like hit something and you're like, your hands go like this on a motorcycle and you kind of pop up and I had to like save it, but yeah. I didn't crash it. I was like, hell yeah, I didn't crash. Like, I'm a badass and I'm watching everybody else crash. <laughs> and then they're all like waiting there and I'm like by myself. So I'm like, cool, I'm gonna go by myself. So I freaking took off and it was just like this amazing, I had like multiple spiritual moments up over the mountain, just like insane views. Like it's this, and then had cleared out all the smog and haze because it's really cloudy during this time of year in Southeast Asia because they're burning all the rice fields. So it's just like really bad weather okay. and like bad air pollution and air quality and haze everywhere and brown and not so luscious. But it had rained this morning and so it was like it had cleared out all the smogs. You could actually see super far. And mm. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And I was coming out of this gas station and um, a group of like 10 or 15 other bikers drove by and uh, I pulled out and I was kind of riding with them, riding with them for a second. And this mm -hmm. girl rides up beside me and she was like, yo, nice hoodie. Then I'm like, oh, thank you. And I had like my Live a Great Story hoodie on and we're just like riding next to each other, you know, like talking like this and just really quick for like, you know, a couple minutes. Where are you from? What do you know to, you know, how's the trip? Like, you know, yelling at each other, basically like riding. <laughs> And then we're riding and then this guy right in front of us like skids out on his scooter and like lays his scooter down. So like that group has to stop. And I was like, see ya. And like went off back by myself. Yeah. So it was just really cool. And then at the end of this day on day three, Hajong, you go to, you're almost at the final part, but there's like right before the final night stay, you pull up to this cafe that's basically overlooking this valley and just all these mountains and they're like they look like teeth they're like really sharp so it's like triangle 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 and mm. it's like this like you know valley like circular and just amazing and everything was green and there's a village down there and it's like and i, and I just you know mm. parked my bike and got off and i'm just walking up there like this is so wild i am so grateful for this i'm breaking up with my girlfriend <laughs> thank you for this view <laughs> because <laughs> on the like on that ride earlier in the day i was just like I, I had this feeling of like so much excitement and alignment and energy and so much of that was uh, a result of me being alone and kind of taking this adventure and going down my path and so i was like okay this is that route and i'm like it's so fueling to me and it's just like pouring gasoline on my soul um and then there's the other way. And I was like, I can't go the other way. Yeah. Like not in good conscience. Can I deny myself this feeling to, and forsake this for that? Um, and so I, I had a moment where I'm like, it's done. So all this happened. And then at the top of the mountain, I'm like looking and just, you know, like shaking my head and probably just saying, wow, like a million times. <laughs> and I see the girl and she's like, what's up? I'm like, what up? She's like, yeah, live a great story. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she had fallen. So she was like covered in mud. Yeah. And uh, so she's like, yeah, I love Live a Great Story. And I was like, what? And she's like, I saw a Live a Great Story sticker in Budapest three years ago. And she pulls out her phone, scrolls all the way back to 2019, finds wow. this Live a Great Story photo. And it's just like a photo of the sticker. It's just like nothing else yeah. like on the wood. And she's like, yeah, I saw this in a ruin bar in Budapest in 2019 and I loved it. And I took a photo of it. I think about it all the time. Wow. And I'm wow. just like, 
no way like this is crazy so <laughs> i had this like insane day insane downloads and like illumination of the future and you told her too right and i'm like yeah like yeah i'm like this is my business and of course she freaked out and you know <laughs> and i like i got a really cool video of her telling the story and showing the photo and everything and yeah her name was Brittany, and she was super funny and she was telling everybody that she was with like the story and showing them the photo i gave her some stickers and she ended up getting a live a great story tattoo no way yeah so That's right so cool. actually same place that i do maybe on the other arm um yeah it's just a line this is a little great story wow and i was like this is so <laughs> insane that we're you know i'm from texas you're from australia you were in budapest saw a sticker we're in vietnam what a small world yeah and um, we still keep in touch she's super cool and uh one of the like most small world serendipitous like alignment stories yeah like man. it was almost like yeah zach like this is your path like yeah. this is a sign <laughs> like yeah. uh, of all the signs this is a sign like keep doing what you're doing that's that's killer man um that yeah, I mean that's like in the beginning of your journey too, in a very pivotal moment and making different decisions and like just yeah, the serendipity of meeting her. Oh man, that is so wild. That's so cool. Um Damn, that's so crazy. Uh so I wanna, you know, be mindful of your time. We still have some time left and I wanna I wanna hear more stories. Like, you know, you've Vietnam is just one of how many? 20? 14. 14? Okay. So, um, anything you feel called to share. And like, yeah, just certain certain trips, certain cities, certain cultures or lessons that you learned. Um, would love to hear them. And I know that if people follow you, you can get a glimpse of it. But, you know, anything that you re you feel really compelled to like share and dive into, I would love to hear it. Yeah, you know, it's, um, do you have anything that you wrote in your little journal that you can, <laughs> like, give me a starting jumping off point? Because I was just like, I'm like, okay, maybe Laos or maybe Kuala Lumpur or maybe, you know, Albania or even Slovenia and Austria and Kenya and Tanzania. Yeah. Like, which city and, and, you know, there's like so many things and like. I'd like to hear, because it, it seems like, um, I think it's pronounced Petro Jordan. Uh, and that's where one of the seven wonders of the world is located. So many cool pictures that you posted. Um, that seems to be like a highlight, one of your favorites. Facts. So I would love to hear more about that. Jordan's sick, man. <laughs> and it's like, I I feel like I'm overhyping it because like everybody's like, what's your favorite place? Jordan. And they're yeah. like, and so I tell everybody about Jordan and I was going to host a trip there uh, next year, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen now just because of the, the, the war regional tension. Yeah. But honestly, I still think like, I mean, it, I might just go back just to be like, dude, I like, I have a belief that like people are good. And like, just because the news says something doesn't mean it's like, it's usually blown out of perspective. And so like, it was such a cool place. And if I can get even just a couple of people to go, then it's, it's not like it's going to be like a war torn place, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, and, and if it is, then the, the whole plate, like the whole world is going to be in a big problem. So yeah. like we have bigger problems if we can't yeah. go to Jordan, it's just kind of convincing people who have like maybe never gone to another country, um, or aren't, you know, 
they're fearful of some like you know the middle east or something yeah. um i'm like okay cool i'm not like trying to like put in hours of like trying to convince people right, to come right, like no right. i'm like oh, yeah. i'm going you want to come with me like let's go type thing um but jordan is, is definitely like one of my highlights and it's funny because it started off really hard so i got to jordan and i don't plan anything i just show up places and kind of wing it and jordan i had an end date because i was coming to egypt to meet my buddy who's coming the, um, my f only guy that met me on the trip was coming to egypt so i like, had a final hard stop on leaving jordan so i think i had 12 days in jordan and i get there and um i'm like trying to find people at the hostel to go on this adventure with me or like get a ride I, you know i don't want to take a bus i don't want i wanted to go with homies right like mm -hmm. that's, that's the idea and usually i can round up people and that's kind of my superpower superpowers rallying people mm -hmm. and it just didn't happen in jordan so like the hostel for whatever reason also the way that the country is and how people travel there they're not like slow traveling usually so it's like they fly in and they're like renting a car and they're going here here mm -hmm. here 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 okay. and then they leave you know and so for i'm pretty sure it was four nights so it was a long time that i was stuck in amman and, and everybody's like Amon's not that cool. It's not that cool of a city. Like you can leave. And like, that's usually what people say when they're boring travelers and they just want to see stuff and leave and check right. stuff off. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, like a ton of people live in Amon. Like yeah. it's like a big ass city. Same with like Bangkok or, you know, Nairobi or, you know, some of these other places. I'm like, there's, there's a lot to do in these places. And they're also really cool cities. And so I ended up getting a good, and, uh, <laughs> insight and uh experience in amon because i was there forever but yeah. i was like stuck there i was like i want to leave and i couldn't leave i couldn't leave why I, again i couldn't find anybody so i was like stuck <laughs> in this hostel like hey what's up man where are you going oh we're going to here here i'm like fuck i can't go that route like yeah. like that that doesn't work for me and they're like oh yeah we're gonna go like sleep at a hotel in the dead sea you can come to the dead sea but we're staying there i'm like well, maybe I can come, but then I have to like find a hitchhike out of there because I don't want to stay at a hotel, so I can't do that. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to Wadi Rum first, and then we're going to go to Petra. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to Wadi Rum first. I want to go to Petra first. And so, like, it just didn't work to, yeah. like, and I just kept not finding people. And so I'm just, like, stuck at this hostel forever, like, literally forever, like, days and days. And I'm just, like, walking around. And so it's funny because this whole trip and my like, best one of my best city, uh, countries started off really badly. <laughs> um, but then once I got rolling, it started rolling mm. and it was so cool. I caught a ride with these two dudes and we went to the Dead Sea and uh, the Dead Sea was, well, first of all, we went to, um, we left Amman to go to, um, it's called Wadi Mujib. And so it's a canyon. It's like a slot canyon that runs into the Dead Sea. And so it's like a river. And so you basically like hike this river for about two or three hours, like waist mm. deep, Grand Canyon, oh, wow. like Zion style hiking yeah. through this amazing thing. Instead of waterfall, you can jump with the waterfall and it looks amazing. And we just slept in like a little bit too late, left a little bit too late. And by the time we got there, it was like sold out. Mm. And I was like, and we were all like so bummed because we went there and like, it's just not possible to go. And yeah. so that's why I want to go back and like do it because it's like, looks really cool. Mm. It's all like luscious and green, you know, in t inside of this like rocky brown rock, red rock canyon. Yeah. And, you know, you're like wading through water and, mm. you know, it's just like a really cool adventure. A lot of, you know, the reviews and stuff, people are like, this is one of the coolest things we did in Jordan. 
So I'm like, dang it, we didn't get to do that. And it's right across from the Red Sea, the Dead Sea. And so, but then turns out the Dead Sea, you basically have to buy day passes or stay at a hotel to go to the Dead Sea on mm. the Jordan side. There's only, so we're like, and it was, it cost like $60 or something mm. for us to get into a day pass at this hotel. And they're like these massive, like huge resort style things on the Dead Sea. And so um, we buy the tickets and we go inside and the Dead Sea is closed. There's a lifeguard and he's like, can't swim. Close the sea? Close the sea. I'm like, what? you're fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> We just paid all this money like to come in here and swim in the Dead Sea and you're not going to let us in. And I was like, no. <laughs> Like, stop me. Oh, <laughs> so we got in. Homie's like blowing his whistle. And I'm like, no, bro. Like, I'm getting wow. in the water. <laughs> um, and yeah, like it was just too windy. And there's like waves and stuff. And so they like closed the Dead Sea. And like, it was so outrageous. And I was so mad. And um, and so that was like a really funny thing that happened. And so we're all like swimming. And the dude just like. <laughs> mad, mad at us but I'm like what are you gonna do bro like, yeah. and then I flew my drone and drones aren't allowed in Jordan I flew my drone from that same hotel and then security guards came and got us and kicked us out <laughs> wow. like I flew it I took it off like looked around you know and I was like I know I can't do this <laughs> flew it and then and like almost instantly two guards are like sub with your drone <laughs> uh, I'm like mm, I don't know and they're like yeah you gotta get out of here so luckily they like didn't call the cops or anything um, but that, that footage is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, man. So anyway, this is like, you have Amman and then you have Wadi Mujib, you have the Dead Sea, you have Petra, you have Wadi Rum, and then you have Akaba, which we didn't go to, but it's like down on the Red Sea. And so it has all of this, um, really amazing stuff you can see that you can't see anywhere else. There's like no other Petra in the world, maybe in Saudi Arabia, there's something similar, but okay. like, it's like the only place in the world that has this. The Dead Sea is the only place in the world. You can go to Israel, but same thing. It's like mm -hmm. the same place. Um, Wadi Rum, there's, like I said, maybe places in some other, like maybe Oman, like, but it's not Wadi Rum, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the same. And so what's really amazing about Jordan, which is why I want to take people back and go together and like not like have this adventure together because um, you can see it all pretty quickly. So within seven to 10 days or so, you can see basically a majority of Jordan mm -hmm. and see the city, the history, you know, 2,000, 3,000 year old city with, wow. you know, Arabic Roman influence. Um, and then you can see the Dead Sea, you can see um, some nature stuff. Then you can go to Petra and hike around Petra for two days yeah. and see, um, you know, all the stuff there. That's where I met my um, friend who's a Bedouin who lives in the park and had like an amazing time with him and his people and went to their village and his, you know, had, had just like a really cool time there. And then, you can go to Wadi Rum and sleep underneath the stars in the desert and be in like a place that looks like Mars yeah. slash Dune. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's just such a cool place. It's really safe. They are very welcoming to travelers and tourists. About like 30 years ago, they had some terrorist bombs and they just like overhauled the entire country yeah. and made it really safe. So there's like super good security. Everybody speaks really good English. They just love, they just love people. They're mm -hmm. like really welcoming. 
um, some dude did like a drive-by, welcome to Jordan. Like he's just driving down the street, welcome to Jordan, like out the window, didn't even stop, didn't even like, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. so people are really nice there. They, um, super friendly. And then the, um, really like we were talking about in the sauna, like the Bedouin culture and being yeah. a part of these people who have been part of the, or like, you know, interacting with people who have been part of the land for like 3000 years or more, you know, like they're like ancestors have been here since the beginning of time. Yeah. You're like, you can feel you can feel it and you, you know, you talk to them and had dude, yeah, I had some really cool experiences with that. Cause, um, this there's, I, I'm, so I made friends with this one dude and we ended up make like, uh, meeting up a couple of different times to like do different stuff. And then, he, you know, I was with him and he's like, yo, come to my, come meet my friends and my brothers. And then we're like hanging out with his brothers. And then He's like, I want to take you to my village. And we go to the village and meet more brothers. And we're just like chilling. And um, and it was really cool because they kind of like embraced me in a very special way. Because mm. like, they're not doing this with everybody for sure. So yeah. they like people pay them. They, you know, take photos of them and, the, you know, they hang out and stuff. But I had a very unique experience. And for sure, like this is not a normal thing for, you know, a gringo to be hanging <laughs> out with, you know, um, Bedouins in their yeah. city, like eating with your hands around them. And so it was really cool and just felt like a really good connection with this one dude specifically. And, uh, he, um, the next day I was with these two girls that I met, they were Serbian and we were just like kind of chopping it up and they were like wanting to take pictures in front of Petra. So Petra's like, there's, um, Petro's like a big area that's like a, it's a, it's an old city. So it's like yeah, 65 it's a, square kilometers. Yeah. So it's like a big city. You can hike around it all day. There's like tons of hikes. You're going okay. up to like a couple thousand feet down around. And then what the main thing is called the treasury. So it's like this thing that's carved out of the wall. That's the seventh wonder of the world. Yeah. Right? It's the seventh okay. wonder. There's another wow, one on yeah. the backside of it. It's called the monastery. Same, same idea carved out of another wall. So like there's two of those. And then there's also like five different, um, I think they're called temples or something, but there's five more rooms like mm -hmm. that carved out of the wall. So like this whole area from the Nebateans in like the early 2000 or like AB to whatever, BC, yeah. like that transition from like 100 BC to like 200 AD okay. um, around the Roman times. Like this is when this city was thriving. And so there's like, they just like had all this money. It's kind of this... Uh, Silk Road stop where they were like the middle ground between Europe and the Middle East and you know North Africa all the way from Asia. So there's like this like hub and these desert people became really wealthy. Mm -hmm. So that's what Petra is. And um, so that guy that you had a connection with. Yeah. He I was he, I met him because in front of the treasury they're like, hey, you want to come take a photo from up above and you have to pay five mm. Jordanian dollars to go up there. And so these guys' job basically is just like get people to go up there. They take photos of you and you pay them and then you leave, right? Yeah. And so I was with these girls and I had already been up there and these two, you know, cute Serbian girls. And I'm like, come on, let's go up there. Like it's five bucks. Like it's worth it. It's going to be a cool photo. Like it's worth it. It's worth it. And they're like, I don't know. I don't want to pay. And so I'm just like, yo, it's worth it. And this guy, and so we're talking with a guy who's not my friend, but like another friend. And maybe he knew that I knew him. Like they're all cousins and stuff. So mm -hmm. they don't know each other. I'm like, yo, where's Telly? And I'm like, I don't know. He's somewhere else. And so 
um, the guy like looks me in the eyes and he goes, all right, bro, you don't have to pay. But you can go up there for free. And it was the craziest thing. Cause like he like looked into my soul and I was like, you're good. Like, wow. you, get, you get a pass. And I was like, heard, I appreciate yeah. you. And we start walking and the girls, you know, are like, that was cool. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and then, so we have to go up and you have to climb up. And then there's like another guy who's a guard and he's like, all right, you have to pay. And I'm like, no, no. And like, homie said, we don't have to pay. And he's like, no, no, like you have to pay. And I was like, no, no, homie said, we don't have to pay. Like ask him. So the dude like calls out across, like yells, like across the thing. Yeah. And the dude down there is like, he's good. Like let him through. Yeah. And the guy like looks at me and he goes, yo, this never happens. Like go for it. And I was like, dude, this what? is wild. <laughs> like wild connection, you know, like, yeah. like two dudes gave me the pass to come up and take these girls up there. So we go up there, take photos, all this stuff. And, you know, like gave the homie some daps on the way out and like no money was exchanged. And so it was just like a really cool thing, like mm. on top of having, you know, chill with these dudes and like met their families and all this stuff. And like, we're like, I was like the last one in the park watching sunset with this dude yeah. like, from the place that he took me that like most people don't go to. And so it was just like this overall really cool experience. And so, and I was just like, I mean, this is one of those things where I, like, I just felt the alignment, you know, I just felt like true just like you're doing it, Zach, like this is where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You're authentic, you're real, you show up, you know, no BS and people know it. And so, um, and I felt that energy and it was really cool. And then in Egypt, like a couple of countries later, I was telling someone about the, oh, right, right after this. Yeah, because I went from Jordan to Egypt. Mm -hmm. I, um, I was telling a guy from, from Jordan and he um he he grew up there but he's not bedouin he's from actually like he's an ancient jordanian which is different than bedouin so he's like next time you come back come to my city mm -hmm. and i'll show you around and his family's like business owners there and they're like real successful and stuff and mm -hmm. so um but he like he's like you know why that happened right you know actually i was telling him the story and he like you know he like looks once again like through me <laughs> you know like into me and i was like you know why that happened right you know why they like you and i was like and he was like, bravery. I was like, whoa. Like, it was like, like, it like hit. Wow. And, he, and he's like, he's like, these guys, that's their, that's their, that's who they are at their core. This like ancient tribe, these Bedouins, they're like, they're, they are brave. And that's like part of their, you know, ethos for the beginning of time. And they can sense that in people. Wow. And he's like, <clears throat> they saw that in you. Like I got chills thinking about it and it was, yeah. it was fucking crazy because <laughs> I felt it. And then for someone, like I felt it, didn't, could, couldn't put the words yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. But then this other guy to like, basically third person, like see me and hear, like, you know, know me and we connected and then him to tell me that like through his mm. Jordanian lens. Yeah. And, like his, yeah, yeah. I was just like, wow bro, like wow. <laughs> lightning strike, like you're on track moment. Yeah. Dick, yeah, that was going to be the follow-up question. It's like, what do you think happened with within him, that, that gentleman that was like, he looked at you into your soul and was like, no, no, you're good. And that doesn't typically happen. That's that's cool to get like confirmation afterwards. Yeah, and like, that's the energy. Like, I think it's, that's like that feeling that I had in that moment and like a lot of these other moments where I just am like, 
it's risky or I'm taking a risk or I'm uncertain of what's going to happen. I have this like foundational confidence that was, you know, has for sure been a lifelong, like yeah, yeah. 10 years of failing in entrepreneurship <laughs> and like, you know, sports and, you know, like life. so much life stuff, yeah. like constantly like writing the story and learning and, you know, pushing my comfort zone and all of this. Um, and then to be able to like, you know, show up in that moment with the guy looking at me and then, but th that's the same kind of confidence I, or like the same feeling I have now when I'm talking to people where I'm just like, it's like, I'm just standing there and listening to someone and like engaging with someone. And they're like asking me questions. Like even in the sauna today when we were talking and like yeah. the whole room was like listening and yeah. it was just me and you talking yeah. like that kind of energy of people just being like, they recognize it. They recognize yeah. it, you know? And it's like, and it's not, and it's just cool because it's like, I don't think of myself like that cool. You it's know? not like, like an inflation of ego. No, or it's not yeah. at all. But it's just like real. It's like, yeah. I don't like, you can't shake this, you know? Like I'm yeah, on the dance yeah. floor. Like you, you can't, you can't, you can't touch it. <laughs> you know, that, like yeah. it's like nothing's gonna, nothing except myself is gonna like be able to chip that away. Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, once again, going back to like how this happened, so much of it happened because of solo traveling and going into places yeah. and practicing this stuff like over and over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And, you know, definitely wouldn't be who I am now without all these like travel experiences um, here on this trip, you know, 10 years ago on my other trip and like lots of other trips in between where I've been able to like practice this. Um, and I think that's just like why I'm like, anybody can do it, man. Mm -hmm. Just like buy the freaking ticket and go and it works out. It's not as hard as you think it is. And it's going to like, it's literally like a cheat button. It may not be hard as you may think it is because you have that bravery. No, dude, it's not. <laughs> I talk to people. I talk to other people. And, and like a lot of other people, Americans, like other Europeans, whatever. And I'm like, you know, they're like, a lot of people say this. They're like, yeah, like my friends are so scared or like I was scared. And then I just, I showed up and it just works out. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's like, it is a fear, you know, I think of this like um, shadow analogy when you like see the shadow, you're like, oh my God, it's so scary. And then they're like flashing the light on this like little like creature that's like, yeah. you know, you're like, it's yeah. not that scary, right? Like that's how it is. And so, so many people just see the shadow and then the news tells you about the shadow and your parents tell you about the shadow and your job tells you about the shadow and everybody's like, don't go there because it's scary and it's hard. And you're like, oh my God, the shadow is so scary. And then you're like, ah, whatever, let me just try it. And you go and you're like, dude, this is so easy. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it's not just me. A lot of yeah, people yeah. like anecdotally will share this. And so that's why it's like my mission. Just like buy the freaking ticket, you know, like buy the ticket, go, don't go to Rome. Don't go to like, <laughs> you know, some of these other places, like go somewhere far out um, or like medium far out and just, you know, try it and see and, and take that first step because then the subsequent like 10 steps are so much easier than you think they are. And then those subsequent 10, ten steps take you so much in such a direction you'll never know. Mm. And it's like, that's why travel is amazing. Like mm -hmm. real travel, not taking a vacation. Americans just take vacation. Like, oh, cool. I got two weeks. I'm gonna go like chill on the beach in Mexico. It's not travel, you know, like real travel is like doing stuff you can't do in your hometown out in the world. Yeah. And if you do that, like it's literally the easiest cheat button. Like you're going to spend five grand on a course from some life coach, just go to buy a ticket <laughs> for two grand. And like, it's so much better than you <laughs> having a coach who's like telling you what to do. Like, yeah, that's so lame. Like it's so much easier, so much better. So many better stories. And like, all right, we're gonna hop on zoom. And like, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. your feelings. Like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Go, to, like, go to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah, that, that that's something that I've been learning. Um, you know, I, I haven't traveled as much as you. Not nearly, not even close. But I have been doing these different, you know, I, I know there's like this uh, circulating um, within the Austin culture of spirituality, like ayahuasca seems to be like the trending thing to do, right? And I, I do believe that I've, entered a container that feels pure and genuine and it doesn't matter who is like conducting and facilitating everything and dude immersing into these really challenging moments of taking the medicine and like what you're experience experiencing like viscerally tamascals conversations that are extremely vulnerable and people hearing you and you just develop this immense amount of self-respect and love. And it's not to say that everything goes away, like your shadows or your, you know, maybe emotional cycles that you have, but you do feel a different energy. And I like how you reference it. it I, I did feel in the sauna too, like when we were talking, like you could just tell people were like, just listening, you know, just like listening. And it's not to say you want to, we're bloating our ego or anything like that. And you want tons of attention. It's just like, you can feel like you have that self-respect and others have that respect to you as well because you're emanating that energy in a certain way. And yeah, dude, it's, it's, uh, I'm really glad you shared that Jordan, that Jordan story. Um, we have a little bit of more time. I have a couple things in here. I'm wondering which one I'm going to choose. Um, Uh, yeah, so let's see. I would like to, well, there's a, there's a quote that you have when you turn 33. People tell me I, I seem younger than I am. What am my superpower? Well, there might be even a longer one. Um, hold on one second. Oh. The, the birthday post was trying to grow up a little bit, a little, but trying a lot to not grow old. Focusing more on what's ahead than what's behind. Focusing the most on the now. Um, I don't know why. I thought that was really cool. Because like when you're traveling, it's extremely, I almost think it's not impossible, but it's like extremely difficult to not focus on the past and what's ahead. Cause you got a plan, right? Like when you're winging it, like you're winging it, you got a plan in a certain way. And then you learn, like you were saying you had lessons learned from each city and you were taking them with you. So you are going back into the past, but then you're also focusing on the now. Um, I just loved that quote that that was super cool. And like the picture of you was like, I mean, your, your style of, of cinematography and, and the picture and like bringing back like the nineties feel. I love, I fucking love that. Um, and it was just cool. I thought it was, it was, it was something that I was re reflecting on and just peering into being present. And even when you're in those cultures and environments, like trying to remain present, learning from your past and, and trying to instill what you've learned into the future, but just keep moving forward with that bravery and with the lessons that you've learned. And it's really cool because a lot of people in other places don't focus on the future or the past. So I found myself in situations where it's just like, you're just 
now you're just talking you're hanging out and um they're just going back to like the community thing a lot like you know i i I didn't get to experience this a lot in so many different places it's really places that speak english right so like my egyptian friends spoke good english Mm -hmm. um kenyan people spoke pretty good english um in asia not so much right maybe in indonesia they did but like i didn't i wasn't able to drop in as much blah blah blah, Mm -hmm. different reasons so i in the future and like definitely towards the end of this trip probably situationally because people spoke more english in east africa and the middle east was able to hang out and just chill with Mm -hmm. people who are you know and they just don't they're just talking about life now and it's not like uh it's not hypothetical so a lot of people don't have these theories and this Mm. is something i have kind of an issue with like my dad reads so many books and like he's always like quoting stuff and it's always like theory and um i think it's also a problem i have with our kind of community of stuff where you're talking about ideas and Mm -hmm. you're talking about you know stuff that's kind of lofty and i read this in a book or i you know watched this documentary or like and there and and it's all these things that float up here and then but like how do you bring that down to like well what are you doing today what are you doing tomorrow what are you doing and i um and talking about life Mm -hmm. what did you experience how are you dealing with this what are you you know going through what are your next steps like in the very near future you know what are your struggles what did you do yesterday things like this that are more interesting to me rather than talking about theories and stuff and theories float and then that means because they're kind of high level then they don't necessarily have the now they kind of can float forward and backwards in time so you can apply that stuff to you know the goal planning and the future and you know your timeline and stuff or like oh yeah this happened in the past um but they're they're not like so tangible and so i don't really like those conversations are fun for a while to me but they get a little bit boring and so like i also and so when people that are just like book smarty type like this is like i like I mean, my dad's super smart and like really uh, wise, but I just, the conversations, I'm always like, well, what are you doing about it? You know? Mm. And so anyway, in these, a lot of these places, you're not talking about that stuff. Yeah. You're talking, cause you're not like referencing this podcast that you listen to or like this. It's like, mm. no man, like, what are you doing? Like there was this really funny, hilarious moment where me and my friends in Egypt were going to a club and what they were, we're driving two scooters. So there's like two people on each scooters and they're like best friends for the, their whole lives basically. Right. And th- these are the three guys that I like spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we drove like literally like 25 minutes or something, 30 minutes across the city. And they're just having a full ass conversation. Like they're just sitting in their kitchen like table yeah. and they're just, we're weaving through traffic and they're just like, left left turn highway back streets like bumby road and they're just like literally talking to each other i'm like first of all what are y'all talking about (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand it's all in arabic but i'm like this is and i'm just laughing so hard i was you know have a video of it where they're just i think i saw weaving in and out of traffic and i'm like this is so funny like and like and that's what they do is they just sit around and like same thing happened in Tanzania with the guys that climbed Kilimanjaro with. I went to their city, mm. their village called Kahe. 
And um, every night at like seven or eight o'clock, they just pull up chairs in this one corner of this dirt road next to this dirt house. And they just sit there and talk. And I'm like, and I'm like, like for, you know, I don't understand what they're talking about, which is often the case. It's just me being like a gringo, just sitting there like looking at stuff, like listening. And every once in a while they'll like, throw me a bone and then I go back to conversation. So it's like a lot of times me just chilling by myself, you know, like I don't have data. So I'm just like mm -hmm. not on my phone, yeah, not yeah. doing anything except for like trying to understand like body language. And sometimes you can pick it up and like get stuff. But I'm like, you know, they're just talking, they're just hanging out, talking about stuff mm. that's happening in their life. Maybe it's coming up. Maybe there's like some future things, but it's not like, it's not so lofty and things. And so anyway, that's the thing is like the future, the behind, like, yeah, those are important. Right. Yeah. But like, if I just stay aligned and make really good decisions in the now and listen to my intuition and have good, you know, come from a place of love, move towards love and um, ask good questions and stuff, then, then that will take me where I need to go. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I need to go. Mm -hmm. It's not more money. It's not a bigger house. It's yeah. not like this trip or this, you know, relationship where I have to plan for all the, like, because I don't know how I got to where I am now. I could, I could have never planned this. So like, how do I know that I'm going to plan the future? Right? Yeah. And like, I kind of take this approach. Like, I don't need to really make any sort of plan personally, because if I just keep doing it, business plans are different than personal plans. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things about that that was really cool. And, and that's why, and, and also like the community side is that you're just like learning about everybody's life. Like every day, you're just like sitting around talking and mm. just like, there's no objective. You don't plan it. It's not like this is like on a calendar thing. Yeah, yeah. You can like put this on a date, like three weeks from now, we're going <laughs> to grab coffee. You know, it's like you just are chilling with your people like every single day. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's like the future plan. And then um, it's something I do think about a lot, especially with like community here in Austin. It's mm -hmm. like, just shoot the shit. Just shoot the shit, man. Yeah, just like man. sit around and talk about stuff. And I, like, yeah, I used to do that as a kid. I just love being around a fire and just there's no agenda it's just being there with those people and just talking and whatever comes up comes up yeah you know technology is a big part of this because like as soon as like a lot of people don't have smartphones so it's like th that temptation to mm. be on your phone and scrolling Dude, while you're yeah. sitting with your friends yeah. isn't there so they all have these like dumb phones and they'll have like black screens basically yeah. and they just like you know are like t9 texting yeah and, and so they just don't have phones um, in a lot of these places. And even if they do, it's not the same. Um, you can see it start creeping in. But yeah, just sitting around without the temptation of having your phone and pulling it out and, you know, whatever is, is also a, a big suck on that potential mm. energy of sitting around a fire, you yeah. know, living room or whatever. It's really impressive that you're able to create so much content and still remain present and have that way of being when you're in these different cities, just not planning too much. It's hard to do because that this thing is a hypnotizing machine sometimes. Well, what's cool is I don't have data. Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have the phone and I shoot stuff, but then, it's not like yeah. I'm actively posting. Okay. So that's why I would like, I get home at night and like yep. brrr, post like five stories and yeah. then go to sleep. And then, and so it's not like, so it, that is really cool in that way that it's like, I'm just forced to not be connected, right, 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 which is right. really nice. Yeah. Um, and 
very rarely did I get in like maybe twice in nine months or something. Did I get into a situation where like, dang, I really could use a phone right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really possible to be off your phone and traveling. And, um, I was really trying to replicate that here, but it's, it's really not possible. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's a big piece of it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I would love to conclude with you providing how people can find you and I can link it in the show notes. You can, it can be your personal profile or live a great story, whatever. Yeah. Wanna, so live, live a great story everywhere. Live a great story.com Instagram Woo. hashtag anywhere. Live a great story. I am the only live a great story. It's trademarked, copyrighted, <laughs> all the stuff. Um, Except for this one dude that somehow got <laughs> a Live a Great Story LLC oh. here in Texas. Oh. And that's like a very real thing. I told my lawyer and he's like, this is, I've never seen this happen in like 38 years of practicing law or something. And so this dude has a Live a Great Story LLC and then he like went bankrupt and saw these creditors like going after him and they keep confusing me and him. And it hasn't like affected me at all yet, but it's like a very weird thing where I'm like, yeah. yo, Bruce Roth from Dallas, Texas. Like, <laughs> why is your mail keep showing up in my house? <laughs> and I called him one time and I, because my dad was like, yo, all this like stuff keeps showing up for this Bruce Roth guy. And it says Live a Great Story LLC. Like what's going on? And I just put it off for years and years and years. And I finally looked it up and he, he has it. And his number was online and I just called him. I'm like, what the hell, what bro? <laughs> and um, and he like does all the LLC, but like, I don't know, something's, and it, this is all just started happening. So anyway, besides that guy, I'm the only <laughs> live a great story in the this world. This is Zach, not Bruce. <laughs> this is Zach, not Bruce. Yes. And um, yeah, my personal Instagram where I've been sharing a lot of stuff is Common Vandal mm -hmm. and CommonVandal.com. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't really been doing too much with that, but... What does that mean? Yeah, good question. So <laughs> Live a Great Story, you know, started because I spray painted Live a Great Story on a wall here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And so that same wall that I originally spray painted is still there. And there's the Live a Great Story mural underneath uh, Mopac on the hike and bike trail, mm -hmm. Lady Bird Lake. And so it's been there forever. And there's been a couple of newspaper, you know, magazine features on it. And one year I had a really big feature in the Austin American Statesman, which is like the Austin newspaper. I was, on the, I had like a snippet at the top front page and like a full, full sheet. Wow. Like it was like two or three pages, photos and everything. And then like about three weeks later, my dad happened to pick up the paper and like happened to flip to the editorial. And there had some guy, oh, what's his name? Russell, Russell something. <laughs> Russell wrote in to the editorial and is like, I got blah, 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 blah. Like the live a great story thing is like a trash, blah, you know, and he's like, I can't oh. believe. And so his, his quote was like, I can't believe you wrote a glowing article about a common vandal. And I was like, common vandal is dope. <laughs> and I started telling people this and they're like, dude, that's like such a sick name. And like, that's gotta be your like, you know, rap name or like your first CD. <laughs> and so I like, I was like, and so many people were like common vandal. It's so sick. Yeah. And so I, uh, I just like scooped the handle oh, on the website shit. and everything. Yeah. And so, um, that's where common vandal comes that's from. That's dope. That's so funny. I'll send you the newspaper clipping. Cause yeah, I still please. have like a shot of it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I think his name was Russell Harvey or something like that. But yeah, I was like, Thanks for the thanks for the ideas. Yeah, and thanks for the nickname, bro. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, um, 
I'll link all that in the show notes. Um, and I'm glad you were able to come on before you embark on a new journey. Um, and I can't wait to just see where you go next and the lessons that you learn. And, and seriously, people I see in the comments too, it's like people learn more about even themselves, which is kind of a beautiful thing, you know, like, and I, I'm sure, I mean, at least for me, like when I'm doing all this stuff, that's something that I wouldn't think I'm doing, you know, like I'm helping others maybe, you know, reevaluate or have a different perspective and, and reflect on themselves. But like, that's what it's doing for me. And I think that's beautiful. So I, I look forward to your adventures in the future, man. Yeah. You know, I think you probably get this too, or this probably happens that you don't realize that happens with me is I just share stuff and put, put things yeah. out and you have tons of ghost people that don't ever like, don't ever comment, don't ever do anything, right, right, but they're yeah. just, you know, they see it all. Yeah. And, you know, when I got back, I've had a couple of really impactful in-person uh, interactions where people that I didn't have any idea were following or yeah. engaging or liking stuff, like, be like, like telling me my stories back to me. Mm. Like, dude, you remember that one time you went to this one place and did that one thing? And I'm like, yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. And they're like, yeah, that was amazing. And then you went to this and like, I'm like, yeah, that was dope. <laughs> like, you know it better than I do. Like, you're probably reading all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, like I forgot some of these adventures, yeah, yeah. you know, and like some of these posts and stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that's really a testament to anybody creating. It's like, you don't always get your flowers like right away and, and you know, just creep, keep creating, keep putting out content. It yeah, touches man. people in all sorts of ways that you have no idea. And every once in a while, it circles back around. But, you know, um, you know, anybody that's creating and building something or like being creative, like keep going because you don't know where yeah. it's going to take you. Yeah. The consistency is, if you can do that, if you can keep being consistent and just loving the process, then dude, it's going to be that's a fulfilling. Yeah. All right, brother. Love you, man. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Thanks, bro. Love you, man. Peace. Cheek.